Meet the Aquanics is now sponsored by Audible.com. As part of this sponsorship, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial so you can check out the range of titles that they're offering. Currently, Audible has over 180,000 books to choose from for either your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. To help support this podcast, please go to www.audibletrial.com slash And now, on with our next episode. Okay, uh, thanks everyone for joining us again for this uh, next episode of Meet the Maquanics. Um I'm in Munich, Germany at the moment for this Blue Yard event that I've uh, advertised on a couple of previous episodes. And uh, I'm in the Google offices here in Munich uh, with Philippe Barnhart um, from Blue Yard Capital, who was one of the organisers, and with Alan Ho from Google. And we thought we'd have a bit of a recap of what happened yesterday and uh, have a bit of a chat with the guys as to what the motivation was, what they hoped to get out of it. and did they get out of it what they wanted to get out of it? So, guys, thanks for sitting down. So, first of all, um, we'll talk a little bit about how this thing came about. So, it was a sort of a joint conference between Google and Blue Yard. Uh, so, everyone knows who Google is, but let's talk a little bit of who Blue Yard is um, before we go through the chronology of how this thing came about. Sure. Um, so, Blue Yard is a nerd-stage venture capital firm based in, based in Berlin. We are a 120 million user fund, and we invest in anything kind of like kind of some sort of like non-linear, uh, strongly technology component, and kind of quantum fitted right into that. We uh, we are thesis-based or thesis-driven investors, so it means kind of like when we invest, we want to have a strong conviction, we want to have a strong opinion about something, uh, and to kind of like have an opinion, to form an opinion. Um, what we typically do, kind of like, of course, we read a lot of papers, we talk, talk about people and so forth, and just kind of like leverage our network. Um, but in this, in the case of quantum, we didn't. We didn't really have either. We didn't have a lot of expertise. We didn't have a lot of like people we could talk to about it, um, except for one person actually. We had a uh, uh, one of our venture partners, uh, Peter Reed, who's uh, in London. Um, he is personally good friends with Hartmut, and uh, he also wrote a bunch of articles on kind of the commercialization of quantum computing, and sort of had an, had a pretty strong opinion, and uh, he kind of like got super excited about it, and gave us and put us in contact basically with with Hartmut and Alan and his team. Mm-hmm. And that's how kind of like the idea for a quantum leap spawned. And so what's Google's interest in this? I mean, we've talked offline about uh, putting together a community and Google seems, seems to be taking on that role. Yeah, so uh, we wanted to, uh, there, are, there are a lot of quantum communities, especially there are quantum academic conferences out there. But as we are looking towards industrialization and commercialization of quantum computing, uh, there were a few um, there were a few critical folks in the ecosystem that were not talking to each other, uh, namely uh, combination of venture capital uh, enterprises who are put, uh, dabbling into it as cons- customers mm-hmm. of quantum computing. <clears throat> but then even just bringing together the various hardware and software companies doing quantum computing together. So, you know, the, the idea behind Quantum Leap was really about how do we, uh, to get more perspective on where are we at with commercialization of quantum computing from the various aspects of the ecosystem. So from the day yesterday, we had, uh, we basically had uh, money people we had the current startups, we had more of the corporate <laughs> entities such as Google, IBM, a few others who have uh, already taken the leap into quantum technology and then we had the academic contingent. And it seemed to be roughly sort of an even split between those four groups. Uh, we also had 
companies that were consuming who are looking at you know building consuming applications mm -hmm. so like the, the the airbuses and the, the bosch yeah and so were they enthusiastic about i mean how much have they already started trying themselves to bring these sort of groups together um or was it really yeah okay we're doing our little bit but uh, what we want is is more engagement between the academic community the startup community the commercial community and the investors yeah, I mean, one of one another group kind of like we didn't talk about, and that was also present was uh, the European Union. Kind of like they also had a flagship, they have a flagship program. They wanted to put money into, um, into startups and kind of like the whole ecosystem, the whole quantum ecosystem. And uh, I think they've tried a few times before bringing these diverse stakeholders together, mm -hmm. uh, specifically corporates that want to consume quantum applications. And I think there's now an advisory board. Uh, it's more kind of like more more within Europe, um, but they have they have tried would have had numerous of attempts to put people, bring people together and uh, sort of like have them talk and kind of like have them kind of like uh, figure out, you know, like a roadmap or kind of like next steps, how to pursue um, the ultimate vision. So what did Blue, uh, I mean, was the idea to put this together so that you guys could get a very good overview yeah. of what's going on? Yes, yeah, certainly. It was certainly kind of like for us was to learn and to extend a network and really kind of like basically kind of like we'll, we'll have a bunch of conversations afterwards with a bunch of conversations for the event of course and uh, to reflect and kind of like ultimately come up with our own opinion and view and kind of like how the ecosystem will evolve and of course as a venture capital firm um, where we could kind of like see interesting investment opportunities going forward. Well I mean it hasn't even been 24 hours yet since this thing <laughs> finished and I'm sure you guys will debrief when you get back to Berlin but your own impressions as to, to how it went in terms of maybe just what your own the increase in knowledge was. Well, certainly, um, it was it was definitely a quantum leap in, in, in consuming knowledge and kind of like learning it. Um, we, I think, my personal take was I thought it was very interesting to see kind of like the dispersion between different corporates and kind of like specifically the academic world um, and kind of the uh, the sort of financiers, so kind of like venture capitalists and so forth. So I think there are very different expectations between um, kind of like what a venture capitalist would like to fund and ideally kind of like with a kind of like time horizon versus kind of like a professor that is looking to spin out and kind of like start his own company. Um, so I felt, in comparison to other industries and other sectors, I felt there was much more of a gap between these different fields and different uh, different parties. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Alan, on your side, I mean, the conversations that we've had before um, is that it seems to me like Google wants an ecosystem, but Google doesn't want to do everything. Uh, yeah. Google yeah. wants to bring people in and build together teams to handle bits and pieces. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we're a platform company, and we're going to live and die by people building applications on our platform. Sure. So, uh, I mean, we're, uh, and I would say our competitive advantage is being open. Mm -hmm. That is how we manage to uh, get our competitive advantage and head start within quantum computing is, is because we're very focused on research and we're open about our things. So, you know, it's, it's worked for us in the past, uh, in general, uh, to be open, and I think this is just a, just an evolution of how we're thinking about succeeding in quantum computing. So, do you see more of the work hopefully being done within the startup community, or do you think it is these more um, pre-established corporations like Airbus or Volkswagen or Bosch? I, I think it's a combination, right? Like, if you, if you heard about Airbus, they specifically, during the conference, they specifically said, we're getting into, they didn't have the expertise, so they specifically not only leveraged, uh, they, they, did, they said they invested into QCWare in order to, yeah. uh, which is a startup, in mm -hmm. order to get their DAO to, to get 
applications uh, started within their group. Yeah, and I think uh, some other, other corporates uh, like Bosch or also BMW, um, sort of like are still battling with the question whether or not ultimately they'll become a buyer. Mm -hmm. um, so they'll spend a lot of money to like buy technology versus really fundamentally kind of like setting up, kind of like going down that path that Airbus has pursued. I mean, how far along the track do you think we are from a VC perspective? I mean, the last panel that we had yesterday was um, very interesting, if for no other reason than the money that was seen. <laughs> Who was it? Shu from was, SoftBank? Exactly. And everyone was astonished when he said they had $100 billion to sit on. Exactly. I mean, I and used to be a SoftBank customer. I, I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, these guys, I mean, I, I'm, I don't personally know any of them, but you guys maybe had a chat with them afterwards as to, you know, are they thinking still that it's premature? This needs to develop a little bit more before they really get involved? Because they seem very, within the panel, seem very ambivalent, in my opinion, to say the least. That is, that is what venture capitalists typically are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we... Um, I don't think, you know, like, I think all the venture funds that are present or were participating in the panel yesterday uh, definitely take a long-term perspective. So these are not kind of like uh, venture funds that kind of like would invest in and you kind of would expect a return after a bunch of years. So kind of when they invest, they would expect the return to be happening after like 10 to 15 years. Yeah, they all said um, that about 10-ish years exactly, was the exactly. maximum. Also, I think one thing to note is that a venture fund is set up to, to, to live for 10 to 15 years, right? So kind of like within 10 to 15 years, of the venture fund, the money should be returned to the investors. Mm -hmm. Of course, there can be exceptions made and so forth, but typically kind of like that is sort of like the venture product to um, investors that invest in venture capital asset class. Um, so I think for for these people, and I think also kind of, I mean, Andreessen Horowitz put about 100 million into Rigetti, um, so that's a pretty big, bold bet, even though um, a lot of, there's a lot of like unanswered questions, but I think you exactly need these sort of investors that just kind of like take this long-term perspective and also kind of like since they're building a hedge portfolio, right? For instance, um, Andreessen Horowitz is about like a two billion something fund. So for them to put about a hundred million to like one company, that is okay because they're gonna, ultimately they're gonna build a balanced portfolio, they're gonna hedge their bets. Same of course for SoftBank, which is a hundred billion and Atomico is also a billion, also mm -hmm. a billion. But I mean, how does that work? Because I mean, from the academic side, mm -hmm. 10 years, we're not gonna get it done in 10 years, mm -hmm. um, at least from, being able to commercialize mm -hmm. quantum computers mm -hmm. at that respect. So, I mean, from the if, if this is typical of the VC landscape, mm -hmm. the 10 years is kind of the nominal period. Mm -hmm. I mean, is there anywhere to go at this point? Or does the quantum community have to rely on um, established corporations like Google or somebody else? It's an interesting question. I think um, it's, it's, it's part of both, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, partly, um, there would be some Ultimately, kind of like a company, would, a corporation would have to make money, would have to kind of like, there would have to be some kind of commercial vision, let's put it that way. Um, I think for a super emerging field like quantum computing, it is fair to say that, you know, kind of like, maybe that commercial vision is even further back, you know, kind of maybe it's not within 10 years, maybe it's even within 20 years. Um, it's hard to kind of like pinpoint that. But I think for a venture fund to invest, even this time, there must be a pretty clear kind of like, pretty clear articulated commercial vision about kind of like how something could evolve going forward in the future, mm -hmm. how kind of like different pieces would fall together or would have to fall together to kind of like make that vision a reality. And then sort of like for a venture fund to kind of like recap the return on its investment. Right. Does, I mean, does Google Ventures fit this mold or do they take a more of a long-term approach? They, they took a long-term approach, but you know, like talking about timelines, right? I mean, you know, just we, we publish a nature paper where we hope that we will find a commercial application next five years. Mm -hmm. 
right? On a, and that's only going to happen on a what they call a pre-error corrected quantum computer. Uh, the the jury is still out whether there is an application out there that can be uh, that will work on that, but you know our our like internally our confidence is that there is. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> that I think will change the in terms of uh, how possible how 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 uh, feasible that is and the evidence of, of that is really going to be the driving factor of venture capital mm -hmm. in my opinion on the uh, software space mm -hmm. and then venture capital on the hardware space in my opinion will probably be a little bit more long term mm -hmm. so we're probably looking at the at the long game a little bit differently so you know, Andreessen Horowitz put a you know hundred million into Rigetti. You know, people don't think about making a return on hardware investments exactly. uh, anytime soon. So I think different asset classes have different uh, investment. So it is it is generally well understood within the investment community that quantum hardware is a long game. Certainly, yeah. And that they're not even talking about returns on five years. Totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, any investor that is seriously <laughs> contemplating whether or not to invest in quantum computing work. In hardware and quantum computing um, is definitely where would be aware of that. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you've mentioned a couple of times the hundred million dollar investment in Rigetti. I mean, that seems to be that's the largest one out there, at least from any single investor. I think uh, well, from a single investor, probably yes. D wave raised a bit more uh, in total, mm -hmm. but of course they've been around for much longer and and they have been invested or they have uh, received investment in different tranches. Um, but I think from a pure venture venture capital perspective, yes. But, uh, I mean, was there anything that you came away from with yesterday? Sort of, I, I suppose the question is, were you more optimistic after yesterday? Of course. before yesterday? <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> I think before there was a big sort of like void. Uh, for us, sort of like, you know, just starting to wrap our heads around kind of like what's happening. What are the different kind of like plays? What are the different kind of like you know, proposals and so forth? What are the different like camps also in research, mm -hmm. um, of which they are? Um, we definitely learned a lot and kind of like became, 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 I think became way much more enthusiastic um, and, uh, and definitely kind of like um, thinking or we'll be probably be thinking much more about quantum computing in sort of an investment perspective from an investment perspective. So I mean as Alan said sort of software seems to be the first game to play here um, rather than hardware itself and well with startups there's not that much hardware startups going on. Sure. I mean what there's... Sure. But then that would kind of like put back that you know the hardware play would be being bigger up by corporations like Google or mm -hmm. IBM and so forth um, that ultimately can run the software. So kind of like that is a big kind of like unknown and also kind of like again that is um, you know Google of course is open, um, but what if not? What if you guys are not open anymore at some point? M unlikely to happen, of course. But kind of like there's sort of from a venture capital perspective, there may be a risk investing in software that's sort of proprietary <coughs> certain hardware stuff. Yeah, I think I think actually there was a inflection point earlier in the week that's not well understood that companies like Rigetti and IBM are publishing their two qubit fidelities. Mm -hmm. That's huge because it signals to the industry that this is where we're at with like because your your applications that you will build on a gate based quantum computer is fundamentally limited by the two qubit fidelity. That's the thing that's the biggest um, uh, limit limitation. Uh, so, uh, obviously, the second limitation number of qubits, but the the fidelities were the ones that. Well, you mentioned yesterday <coughs> that you consider the two. Well, maybe you or Google in general considers the two qubit gate fidelity to be sort of the the most relevant metric. 
at this point? Uh, th there's two. There's the number of qubits mm -hmm. and the two qubit fidelity. The number of qubits is easy for other pe people to understand. The unintuitive one is the two qubit fidelity. Yeah, yeah. Right, but the fact that both uh, uh, IBM and Rigetti has published theirs is signaling to the industry, that the software development industry, that, oh, okay, people are looking, they're, they're tracking towards a number that we can run our applications mm -hmm. with, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's the, that's the, that was actually a major inflection point this week. I mean, with, with the, you know, the big boys, IBM, Google, such like that, Rigetti is, is quite an interesting successful anomaly in this. But um, do you think that detracts startups getting into the hardware space? Or is it really going to be, well, we're going to focus on software and we'll let Google and IBM and Rigetti and Delft and um, Microsoft take care of the hardware? I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think like just yesterday, I'm not at liberty to say, but they, I just heard another hardware startup company uh, being funded by a particular government mm -hmm. uh, that they said they're going to come online in August. And Michelle Simmons' uh, company apparently incorporated mm -hmm. in May, right? So I think like there's hardware companies popping up all the time. Um, so um, I, I wouldn't the say... The Australian that's... group, I'm not sure you could consider a startup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They've been pretty well established for a long exactly, time. Yeah. <laughs> they're a government spin-off, if anything else. Yeah, so I would say there's government spin-offs in the hardware space. That yeah. are, we're going to see more of those, definitely, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think like from a software, from the software start, I think we'll start seeing a lot more software startups uh, starting to pop up, especially as venture capital uh, starts it's being made available. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, it didn't get mentioned much yesterday, sort of was mentioned on the periphery, but I'd be interested to, to hear what you can tell me about internal discussions um, with the results coming out of China and how that's shaking things up with Jean Wei Pan's results with the quantum satellite and everything else he's doing as quantum god in China. <laughs> has it come up at all? As to, is, it, is it what? Has the discussion come up with it regards to what the Chinese are doing? It has not, it has not come up deliberately. We have not specifically discussed what has been happening in China. We have been paying attention. Um, and uh, just about, so about what, what anything that's happening in China in terms of technology, so we don't we don't have them we don't have a strong opinion because you can't get into that space can you at all the chinese you mean, do you mean from, the a, chinese from a venture capital kind of like deploying money perspective yeah uh hardly yeah i mean also like probably would not even want to invest there given rule of law and all kinds of like you know kind of ease of doing business and support and again kind of like venture capital as a product is not only capital uh at least that's what we like to like uh, tell people it's also uh, it's a network. It's sort of a club that you buy, a signal that you buy, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And you can that value proposition is perceived much differently in different continents, different kind of spaces. Um, so for us to make an investment in China would be probably be a stretch. Mm -hmm. How about at Google? Were there some interesting discussions on the back of that? Uh, I mean, people knew no. this was going to happen for a while. <laughs> well, we, we've we've taken our bet to focus on quantum computing mm -hmm. rather than quantum cryptography. All I could say is, my friend mysteriously got his. Uh, QKD grant. Oh, uh, you said week. that. Yeah, you got, like, <laughs> he was seated, seated or series. No, no, no. He, he was he was trying to get a grant. Oh, it was a grant, was it? Ah, oh, okay. Uh, it suddenly came through, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, I mean the the stuff that John Wei Pan is doing is not terribly secret. It just was just published last week, which I suppose was was the biggest deal of it yeah. all. So I mean, what kind of things? What 
what was something of note that you could point to that came out of yesterday, either through the panel discussions or even the talks, mm-hmm. um, either from something that you've learned or it's sort of, you know, you'll go back to Berlin and it'll be mm-hmm. like, ah, okay, I think it could be this. This is mm-hmm. where we, we want to head. Mm-hmm. Did anything no, sort of jump out at I you? I think kind of like what I've just, what I mentioned earlier before is that, you know, kind of like read the gap, the perceived gap between what the expectations that academia have towards, you know, venture capital funding sources and support and venture capital kind of like towards you know, kind of ac- people coming out of academia trying to start a company and so forth. Mm-hmm. The mind here is just like so separate. And it's so, that's so, it's so much more separate than kind of like in, in as another field space scene and so forth. So I think there's so much education to be done. I think that was a big point that was raised in, a, I think, one of the, the later panels. Um, so I think that, that definitely was the biggest or the mm-hmm. key takeaway for us. And do you think on your side that you managed to get some decent, contacts or collaboration started? Was this useful from uh, Google's point of view? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the one thing that was really surprising was how far people flew for a half-day conference. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, just don't some, look at me on this one. I'm yeah. one of these idiots who've done that. <laughs> no, you, but there was a whole bunch of idiots from the, the same continent that did that. It's, but that's from the same city. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. so I think more, more just what was really surprising uh, is the the pent-up demand for this kind of thing. People were making like very last-minute bookings. You, just, just, you guys were oversubscribed. And, totally, totally. Yeah, it turned yep. away people at the door, even though they were willing to fly all the way from other Exactly. Yeah. You turned away people at the door. We did not turn away people from the door. That <laughs> <room>. um, <laughs> but um, there are definitely a lot of people kind of, with, I think we, we initially wanted to have the event for 75 people, and then there was such high demand that we increased to 100 people, and then 125, and ultimately 150. And then we kind of like, we planned for, because as of any event, that we planned for some last minute cancellations. And then uh, even more people showing up than actually kind of like, than we expected. We had last minute people trying to come in and so forth. Uh, so it was, was pretty crazy. I think one of the reasons also why we did the conference in Munich was, uh, since Munich has a much better airport game than Berlin, and uh, we expected a lot of people to fly in. Um, so you wouldn't have to take a, a third flight. Oh, I took a third flight. Oh my god! Yeah, That's I had fun. to go Singapore, Zurich, and then Munich. Right. You know, <laughs> that was only so I didn't have to get a big delay at Singapore Airport okay. to come across. <laughs> but I mean, I I certainly had never been to one of these, or at least one that was so diverse in its representation. I mean, I've been to events before where industry has been represented, and even yep. venture funds have been represented. Yeah. Um, but to a certain extent, I did feel like a bit of a minority in the room being the academic mm-hmm. um they're really as a fraction of us it would as i said it was as fairly broad across the four or five categories of people mm-hmm. who were there and i think that that meant that the discussions were a little bit more interesting than i'm used to having That's um, great but i is this going to become a thing now or is this sort of a one-off event for for blue yard and, and or at least this little collaboration between blue yard and google who knows <laughs> <laughs> i mean um i think so it's a fuss there was a good kickstart into like learning what's happening, meeting people and so forth. Um, but I think we'd be definitely be interested to have another, we'd do another event to us in a certain, at a similar scale, uh, similar topic, you know, of course, kind of the commercialization. So kind of like, that's also why maybe you felt a bit in a minority. Uh, that was kind of like the predominant kind of like. It was a good thing that I felt like yeah, minor, great. minority in this. No, but like, uh, I think for us, um, we'll probably, yeah, I don't know if we'll do another like larger scale meetup in Europe. Maybe another one, in, maybe do it in Sydney next time. 
Yeah, that'd be great. great. Certainly those of us who came from Sydney <laughs> would, would appreciate not having to move. Yeah. But then the majority of people have to do the three flights to get to Sydney. There you go. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, in California, um, which, which is easier. California would be all right. California yeah. seems to be very well connected to everywhere else. Yeah. And then Alan can stay at home. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. yeah no, no. We would love to. I think, I think doing one in California would be great. I think um, it shows. But, you know, actually the interesting thing is uh, quant for quantum computing, it's actually kind of hard to tell. Okay. For the hardware <laughs> vendors, clearly there are a lot of them in the United States, right? Yeah. So, where will the first commercial application occur? That's actually hard to tell, right? Because uh, Germany has so much, I think why Germany was interesting, that was actually a lot of people coming in even locally, was because it has precision manufacturing, it has chemical manufacturing, mm -hmm. it, has, yeah. uh, it has, you know, a wide variety of, um, you know, uh, retail, things of that sort. So they can actually, take advantage of all the different uh, areas, near-term applications, um, which is quantum chemistry, machine yeah. learning, and optimization. I think that it's, it's, it's an open question on where in the world will the first commercial application will be. Agree. Well, Rod Van Meter always puts this at the end of his talks. It's, it's when's the first nature or science paper to be published when the results are calculated using a quantum computer and the paper has nothing to do with quantum computing. <laughs> kind of thing, <laughs> and I suppose it's, that's an interesting way to look at it. Is when it when it becomes a a tool, a utility for science or or industry, versus a result in and of itself, kind yeah. of thing. And I don't know, as, as you sort of being introduced to all of this, I mean, did you take away any kind of timeline consensus or any kind of timeline consensus? I mean, me and Alan have been working on this for a little sure. while, so. I got a lot of different, uh, we also asked that question to a lot of different people, got a lot of different answers. Um, well, that depends on the hardware too. <laughs> of course. Um, so I think uh, we don't have a clear timeline in mind. We don't really do not, like I think we do not, um, we definitely know kind of like we, we can, I think it's more, we feel that something's happening, we feel momentum, I guess kind of like, it's a very arbitrary kind of answer, but like, you know, we don't, um, we try not to like think in like very static, static kind of like timelines and mm -hmm. static kind of like milestones and so forth. We really kind of like try to think, you know, like when is something happening? When is something picking up steam? When are like, you know, a lot of people coming in, a lot of people being more interested, also money being deployed. And it seems like we are sort of like at that inflection point or just about before an inflection point. Um, and uh, for us, we just want to be part of that. And uh, then kind of like we'll find or hopefully find something. Has that. Blue Yard actually made any investments in this space so far? Nope, we no. have not made any investments. Okay, and what's your feeling now that this event has happened? Do you think might very well happen? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think you were encouraged enough by what you saw yesterday? Of to course. <laughs> take the leap into of to one of these startups or these establishments. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, I suppose uh, yeah, we're probably getting to the end of the timeline for this. Uh, not to go over um, like we have with some other episodes. So I suppose just to finalise, is there anything else that's going to happen, or anything else you want to chat about? Anything you want to plug? I mean, yes, we've had the big event, it's all done. We all get to go home and sleep. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we res recently uh, released a paper, and we were actually we released a Fermilib within Project Q, mm -hmm. uh, which is around quantum chemistry. Uh, we released a paper on low depth simulation, uh, uh, low, circuit, low circuit depth, 
simulation for the homogeneous electron gas, which uh, I think would be very interesting. We think it's a major, it's going to be a very big milestone if we can start doing some of those quantum simulations. Mm -hmm. Anything it's on the archive. It's on the archive this week? No, no, no. It was like a couple weeks ago. A couple ago. weeks ago. Uh, okay. Ryan Babish. Oh, okay. So it's Ryan's stuff. Okay. Yeah. I'll make sure I link to that. So what's next from Blue Yard's point of view? Go and debrief and then figure it out. Going debrief. Going definitely going to go debrief. Mm -hmm. Maybe go on holiday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's bloody in, hot here. <laughs> you come from Australia. I know. It's bloody hot. <laughs> no, um, I think for us, really, we just want to thank everyone that came here. Um, it's really been an honor. Um, we've been we've been super humbled by all the positive feedback we've received and kind of also by all the people that have showed a lot of interest in participating and also attending the event. And uh, from our perspective, it was definitely a success. I think we definitely felt we learned. Um, we saw a lot of people, met other people, so that's great. Um, that was good food, that was good beer, that was a bit hot. <laughs> but um, yeah, we just really, really, really thankful. Yeah, no, I think it was it was certainly one of the most interesting things I've been to in a while. So hopefully you guys will do it again, in, either in Europe or California. I don't mind either way. And there's another thing I, I will link to in the podcast description. There was another summary written up in New Scientist today. It's got to be the fastest article I've, I've seen come out in New Scientist in a long time. Uh, Alan, you're actually quoted quite oh heavily on that. <laughs> um, so I'll put a link down in that for, for people to check out as well. So uh, Philip and Alan, thanks for sitting down. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys.